0: Direct Sykes Movie Beat Conversations with Filmmakers, where we discuss everything film and television here on Movie Beat. You'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and they'll provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First, I want to thank All of you for tuning in and for listening, the chat room is open, so uh, you can join us in the chat room. If you have questions for my guests, be sure to ask them, and we'll try and make sure that they're answered on the air today. I also want to thank you for spreading the word about MovieBee to your friends and industry connections. The official website is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S. That's my name, Rex Sykes. I'm your host, and the guest today is producer John Paul Rice. He's coming back for a second time. We had a fabulous conversation last time. If you haven't listened to that interview yet, you're going to want to go back after today and listen to that so that you get both of those in. But it doesn't matter the order, so uh, stay tuned and, and listen up. Movie Beat is really designed to be a resource for you. That's why I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. And the way that this works is you get these as a... Uh, live interviews, and if you're listening live, go ahead and make us a friend, make us a fan, uh, Go review and rate the show. That always helps us out, makes us more popular, and that spreads the word to other people uh, who may not know about us yet. These are also available in the archived form, meaning that you go to rexsikes.com you go into the interviews blog, you click on the name of a guest, and it'll say to, to listen, click bolded link and you click on that bolded link in their biography page and you can listen right from your website or download it to your computer uh, whatever your browser chooses to do but they're also available from the iTunes store as podcasts and when you go to the iTunes store, look up Rex Sykes Movie Beat subscribe to the podcast, there's over 130 some wonderful interviews with experts in their field in the motion picture industry and entertainment business and you're going to want to get them all, I can promise you that, you're going to want to listen to each and every one But while you're there, go ahead and rate and review them too because that, again, extends our reach to other people who might not yet know about uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat and the the caliber of guests we have on the show. Another thing you can do is you can post all the information about upcoming guests on your Facebook wall or MySpace wall, or you can tweet about it to your friends and your fans. Uh, when you follow me, I love it. I absolutely love it. When you post on my wall, I think it's fantastic. But when you post on your wall, we're actually reaching people that I could never reach. So um, consider that and, and do me that favor, please, because uh, uh, in exchange for getting these uh, guests sharing their insider information, their secrets, their tips, their suggestions, their advice to help you work smarter, help you work faster, help you work less expensively uh, to get your project done or advance your career, all you have to do is help us spread the word, and and so please go ahead and do that. Uh, A couple of announcements today, and that is uh, Firestarter Films. Is number nine is coming up in the Milwaukee area at the Harley Davidson Museum on May 14th. It's a Friday evening from six until twelve. It costs five bucks, and it's films and filmmakers and friends and food and fun. And and uh, it's one of the it was one of the best events I have ever attended, and I've attended I think eight of them, and so I keep going, and uh, and uh, I hope to see you there. Um, Peter Marshall, our director, who is doing the directors' workshop. I'm sorry, he's doing the director's series on on Movie Beat. Uh, He has a workshop called The Art and Craft of the Director, May 14th through 16th, that weekend in Vancouver. So if you can make it there, please go and and check that out. You can find out more information at the Hot and Fun blog on Rex Sykes Movie Beat. Also, Kevin Serbo's charity, A World Fit for Kids, a golf tourney, uh, coming up in Las Vegas in June. Read all about it at the Hot and Fun blog. You're going to be glad that you did. I've got lots of fabulous guests coming up. I can tell you about it at uh, another moment during the show. Uh, again, the official website is Rex Sykes. I'm sorry, the official Twitter address is Rex Sykes Movie BT. That's Rex Sykes Movie BT, and I appreciate it when you follow me, and I re- so appreciate it when you spread the word about my guests. Today my guest is Mr. John Paul Rice. And Mr. Rice gained hands-on experience by working on a handful of micro-budget independent films uh, while going to college and between courses before moving to Los Angeles in, in uh, 2001. And by mid-2001, he had landed a position at the uh, Los Angeles division of a German distribution company, Center- Senator International, which later became Mandate Pictures led by uh, industry veteran Joseph Drake, uh, known for Juno, The jo- uh, sorry, The Grudge, Harold and Kumar, Go to White Castle, 30 Days of Night, American Psycho. And under Joe's mentoring, John developed an interest and dedication in producing feature films. He left Mandate in the fall of 2005 to form No Restrictions Entertainment, LLC, with uh, Edgar Michael Bravo. And in 2008, Mr. Rice produced his first feature, One Hour, fantasy girl with uh edgar michael bravo directing we're happy to have him here today i'm going to be bringing him on let me do that right now hello there john how are you doing
1: hey rex thanks for having me back
0: oh it's great to have you back i've been eager to do so i'm glad you're here today and uh, how have things been going for you
1: oh pretty good uh we're uh we're getting into what now may how the year has flown by so quickly
0: it does that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, can you catch us up just uh, briefly uh, about what's going on, what you're doing and
1: Yeah, um I just wanted real quickly here to give a shout out to uh a friend across the pond that is Marcella is uh-huh. listening over in Germany. She's on Twitter at Movie Angel uh and is probably one of if not one of the biggest supporters of independent film. Uh, that I've seen in a very long time. She's actively always posting about filmmakers' projects, uh, anything related to film, and being extremely supportive in the Facebook and Twitter community. So I just wanted to, because she always, she always leaves us great comments.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, That is true. That's so true.
1: Yeah. um, But no, I I just wanted to uh, follow back up with you from some of the things that we had talked about Uh, since, Since we spoke, uh, the movie One Hour Fantasy Girl, which is the first film that I produced, uh, has partnered up with the Downtown Women's Center in Los Angeles. Uh, This is the first, this will be the first charity screening of One Hour Fantasy Girl uh, for the Women's Center, which they are a organization, a nonprofit organization, that specifically deals with homeless and sexually abused women. And we are partnering up. I'm, I'm very proud to announce the, the plans have been uh, tentative at this point, but as of last night, um, we are going to be a part of Film Courage Interactive here in Los Angeles, California, uh, the last Monday in July. So oh, we I've are done. partnering, yeah, we're partnering up with uh, David Brandon, Karen Warden of Film Courage Interactive. Uh, we're going to be in downtown at the Downtown Independent Theater and uh, it'll be a great night, and for a great cause, uh, a portion of every ticket sold will go to the Downtown Women's Center to help homeless and sexually abused women. Uh, um,
0: that's, that's, do you have a website or any information you can give either for Film Courage or for uh, one hour fantasy girl or yourself or the cherry whatever, you know, go ahead, give it out. Yeah,
1: um, well, let me get this, uh, for Film Courage, yes, let me, <laughs> <laughs> I think it, Look them up real quick. It's, uh, you can find Film Courage, uh, on, I tell you what, let's go to Facebook, because that's the easiest one, uh, facebook.com forward slash Film Courage, uh, that you can also find them on Twitter at Film Courage, and they are, they have a blog, uh, filmcourage.blogspot.com. Now we haven't officially put the word out. This was, this was literally a conversation that Karen and David and I had last night, um, Karen had sent me an email, uh, about their next film courage interactive in July and had proposed the idea of having one hour fantasy girl. And it just so happened that I was going to meet with the, uh, the the owner of the downtown independent theater for lunch next Monday. And all of this came together and I said, well, why don't we combine everything and see you know let's 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 get this place packed out you know for cool. to brand you to brand the uh the organization and and have a good night everybody feeling really good, so I'm very excited about it
0: that's awesome And the, uh david and uh, they are, uh, i'm sorry just film courage are, are wonderful they're great people and um yeah. and they
1: do i yeah, know I'm very excited to be working with them
0: yeah absolutely awesome well, yeah. very cool. Uh, all right, well, th- th- you brought this up. I mean, this opens the door to the question I wanted to ask you because obviously you're one who seizes opportunities to get the word out and to promote your product and to not only that, but to, in this case combine with a charity and do some good work. So uh, one of the things that I had thought we could talk about early on in the conversation was what makes a good producer. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, one of the things that we we started on this before on uh, the, the part one and to kind of expand upon it, you really cannot be afraid to ask for favors or to look at all of your resources, everything around you um, from the time you're actually conceiving a story. I mean, I, I, I literally did this for One Hour Fantasy Girl and Magic Stone is, is looked at what all the things that I had at my disposal. Um, and that meant props, <laughs> things around the house that I could even use to put in the movie that instead of going out and even spending five, ten, twenty dollars I mean, all that stuff starts to add up, um, and getting other people involved on the level of the crew is to start early to plan your, your film, I would say at least six months in advance, if you can. I mean, if you have a shorter amount of time because you have to go and you only got a window of opportunity, totally understand. But, let's say you're somebody who is not independently wealthy. And maybe you're uh, an individual that's got a full time job like I do. And you have to use your breaks, your lunch breaks, and your after hours after you get off work and your weekends, uh, to really focus your energy and your effort towards what is of, of necessity. And I would say that if you're to start early on a film, you have an advantage on locations, you have an advantage to begin building relationships in the local community where you're going to be shooting Let's say you're not shooting in Los Angeles, because, you know, let's let's face that it, the facts are that you're shooting in LA, uh, you need a lot of money, generally, unless you're going to do everything guerrilla style. And even at that point, it's really about where you can go in your local community, uh, when I say there's this Chamber of Commerce, websites are all over the place. There's businesses, uh, local businesses there that you can uh, contact for food, for uh, maybe they have supplies that you need. Maybe it's just simply water. Uh, but all of these things in terms of figuring out ways to save money. And ways to save money is not about being cheap, and it's not about cutting back, uh, necessarily paying less for something. It's simply going, how, how can I add value? How can I add value to my production? And why I say that is you get food donated, you get water, you get any kind of supplies, props, people donating their services uh, that may be outside of the crew, because hopefully you, you at least have a little bit of money to pay the crew. But, but really going in and uh, pulling from all these different resources to be able to free up your mind and – your stress level <laughs> to, to sit down and go, okay, I, I really want to spend my time, energy and effort in these areas, uh, the money, the value to this film, I'll be able to hire uh, the editor that I want, or I'll be able to, this will free up a little bit of money to, to be able to uh, afford that uh, focus puller that I want. These are the things that you've really got to sit down and when you're going through your budget, You know, you should do your like, I I believe in doing the first pass of the budget, like do everything that you want, like, you know, within a certain reason, you know, not a $5 million budget and we're going to scale it back to $100,000, but saying like, if you know that the film is going to cost a certain amount, go ahead and put all your costs in there and build them in over every day and then look at, okay, what are the immediate areas that I can go out and try to save some money in or, or, or reduce the cost in? And that would be your easily your locations, especially if you're going outside uh, for the people listening all over the country. I mean, you've got to realize that film is film is not novel to you. But it's novel to many, 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 many people. And it's a cool new idea that Oh, my God, I'm gonna let you shoot in my house for a day or, or I've never seen anything like this before It'd be kind of fun to have you at my business, you know, in my off hours or, or sure, I can help you guys. Um, why I say this is really important is it's proven itself for this third film that we're going to shoot this fall is there was a lady that uh, I had known two years ago who became a fan of one hour fantasy role when we are uh, solely on MySpace at the time. She introduced me to a friend who lived out towards where we were shooting. And that person ended up uh, providing us three days in their house uh, for a small fee and they were so cool and so kind and she felt so good about the whole experience because she liked the crew and we got along and uh she didn't feel that her home was you know being taken over by these guys uh it it is now that i picked up the phone the other day and i called her back and i said hey we're doing another film and we need a coffee shop and uh, a hospital and I need a, I'm gonna need a couple other things, but these are the two critical locations that are gonna be most difficult to get. And she already started thinking about all the people that she knows in the town, all her friends, all the friends of friends, and having had a great experience with us, it will be firsthand from her to say, I know these guys, I've worked with them, they're great. And out of that, there are more things that will come, But but that's my point is that there's like a long-term plan that you never know what you're gonna do in this particular film may lead to something else later on down the road. And I think as a, as a film producer, whether you're independent or a big time person, all of us use our skills and our resources this way in different forms. Uh, and I think that is something that is invaluable. Um, it makes you a better producer to be challenged and have limitations to really know what you are capable of doing in your creative sense, uh, not just with money, but also with story and how you might be able to work with a a director who wants that shot and say, well, why don't we combine these two scenes or maybe we can put these two days together because we're going to be shooting within a proximity. We don't have to do a large company move. Saves everybody time, saves everybody money. Uh, But these are just some of the being very critical uh, critical in your thinking, not critical of each other, but critical right. in your thinking, uh, and I think that that's that's really where it's at. To start with your skill set and branch out from there, and being as resourceful, not being afraid to ask, not being not taking no for an answer. I mean, if you get no from somebody and they really don't want to work with you, then you know go somewhere else for somebody saying yes. Um, and I, I don't know. That's that's pretty much it. I, I would also say. Oh okay, go, go ahead.
0: No, no, I just said cool. I, so that was great. go ahead and finish. Uh,
1: as much as I talk, I also listen <laughs> <laughs> and and i would uh I would say that that is probably the smartest uh asset that you can bring, and the reason I say that is because uh, there's a great conversation going on and for any filmmaker that is wanting to learn just to learn you know if you don't want to build a fan base or or and it's not even a fan base let's just say you want to connect with other peers there's a great conversation going on out there on facebook and twitter uh the sharing of ideas and information is not only happening so rapidly but it's a conversation of discussion and exchange of ideas that is making everyone better. And it's improving. Because everyone is at a certain let's say you're just a like a do it yourself filmmaker DIY filmmaker or a low budget independent filmmaker. And I think for a lot of us filmmakers out there, that's what we're doing. You know, on Twitter, I mean, we don't we don't have the big we're not working with the big studios. Um, so what are we on there to do? Well, it's not really just to promote yourself, although I don't argue against it. I really think though, that you have to look at individuals and the conversations that are going on and contribute to them where you feel that you have uh, an opinion. And maybe that opinion gets challenged, maybe it's, it's, uh, it's not the complete or full idea. Or maybe somebody says, you know, have you ever considered this? And I had a situation of that uh, not too long ago where I had seen uh, Spike Jones short film called I'm Here, which debuted on the web on a website that I felt was incredible. If you go to imheremovie.com, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's a 30-minute film that uh, Spike Jones put together, and he partnered up with Absolute Vodka. Now you think of that and you go, okay, product placement. And it's a commercial for absolute vodka. Well, it's not, they did was very carefully crafted a marketing campaign around the movie that blended absolute vodka into it without ever showing the product once and how they did that was they took the emotions of the themes of the film, which is about living free and loving Mm -hmm. and tied that into a message in the trailer that never once said, you know, link to website of absolute vodka or show the absolute vodka bottle. It was in it. It's something like uh, doing something, living free in an absolute world. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is how smart that is, is that what they did was they took the emotion that you feel in those ideas that you feel and believe that are I think are universal. But let's just say you watch the trailer, and you go, huh, the love story, you understand it, and then you've got this message. But the message is what ties into the film. So it's really not about the product anymore. And I, I went on Facebook, and I shared that with a certain group of peers within the film community. And I had some people challenge me on the idea, because I coined a term and I I may have inaccurately done. So but I said, this is, this is the new way forward in, or, or new cinema. This is a new way that a film will be exhibited. And uh, I didn't expand upon that idea. So some people came back to they go, well, I don't really see what you're talking about. And what do you really mean? And it, I had I had, a, uh, I had a, a reporter come back to me and say, uh, I'm doing this article, and I saw that, you know, what you had said, And I don't really agree with it, but I wanted to expand on this topic. And it challenged me to go, okay, what did I really mean? And so I laid out a three-point case in paragraphs, but I had to do research to find the point that I wanted to make. And it wasn't about proving my point. It actually enriched my opinion, and it, it, it created a better dialogue among several people who came back and said... You know, that's what I've been thinking, too. And here's some other examples. And we started sharing more information. So I think in being a great or a good producer, is somebody who listens is able to be objective, take in new information and make new decisions based upon that. Um, and that's just from firsthand experience. But it's something that I think uh, a lot of people who want to get in on the conversation should look at, looking at different resources of information, not letting your anxiety overcome you, which is to go, Oh, my God, everything's happening right now. And I'm so far behind. No, 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 you will find your own way too. it's just going to be that you're going to need to listen and to look and see who you really like who, who you think is a source of information to you. And in the process of that you may discover other things that you never thought were possible.
0: Oh, that's awesome! You know, I I want to comment on so many of the different things that you said. I hope I'll be able to track back. Uh, one is, that, you know, thank you. I mean, for sharing that. And and secondly, in in terms of Facebook or Twitter, the kind of community that exists out there, you know, the world's really become a smaller place. Where before, getting access to to people uh, and even iconic people and stuff like that was was far more difficult. Now the world's become small, and and we can engage in dialogue and and conversations with, with people who we may never have reached otherwise, we can build communities, we can build fan bases, we can connect with our audiences. I want to mention a product. It's a free product, but you have to be a legitimate producer in order to utilize it, and that is Movieset.com. It's by invitation only, but, uh, for example, the pilot that we're doing is up on Movieset.com forward slash Woody's World. And um, and that allows us to interact with uh, our friends and fans and, and to, to, you know, uh, get the word out and connect through Facebook. And, and it's a social media portal for uh, filmmakers. It's, it's wonderful. And we've had Colleen and I sit on the program twice talking about Movieset, and I'm happy to mention it. Um, but I love Facebook, and I love Twitter, and I love the fact that we can connect with other people. Something you said that's really important is, one, about listening. It's one thing to to listen. It's another thing to listen with an open mind. And thirdly, it's another thing to act on the information you get from listening. Because if you just listen and it's just information, it's not something that you can actually put into practice or that you do put into practice. Um, It's good information, but uh, it may not transform what you're doing. But the thing that you said that I think is really cool is, you know, you said you were challenged. And what I... I think so many of us sometimes are af- afraid to be challenged or we don't like it when people make us defend our points of view. And, and it's okay to defend a point of view. But you said, you know, I had to research it and I enriched my experience as a result of doing that. And uh, But people, you know, somebody, a reporter would call you and say, well, I don't really agree with this. But that's how we learn, and that's how we grow. We have to you know it's like you you hear the story about the the Hollywood icons who have are surrounded by yes men, nobody ever challenges them they 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 are lost in their own mire of decision making and they go forward and they put things out and it's and it sucks because no one had the courage to say, "Stop it, you've got to do something different. this won't work." And when people challenge us it it should one it should set off an alarm that he I have an opportunity here to pay attention to my own thinking in a way that I may have never done before. Uh, Yes, I may have to defend it, or yes, I may just have to listen, or I may be exposed to something that I had never considered that will lead me down a pathway that will allow me to do something even far greater than I had anticipated. So the people who challenge us are really contributors. Now, some can be a pain in the butt, and some are just there to to be a thorn in the side, but at the same time, it is an opportunity, and so you have – you have touched so many incredible areas with uh, what you have said about making, you know, what, what makes a good producer listening, you know, never being afraid to ask, going out and doing that. And I just really appreciate that. Um, and, and so much more. And you touched on the social media and, and avenues for that. I want to ask you though, uh, Mm -hmm. since, since we are talking about this, uh, you know, uh, you, you tend to have your finger on the pulse on a lot of things. And there, as a producer, you know, there are new, uh, means of financing and crowdfunding and crowdsourcing and things like that. Could you talk a little bit about that after we come back from this break? Because we're already at the halfway point. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> Time <Yep>. flies. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, you're listening to Mr. John Paul Rice on recycles.com. That's the official web address for Rec Sykes Movie Beat. Please go ahead and share. All of my guests and my guest information with your friends and your industry connections through Facebook or MySpace or by your favorite means or through email, uh, go ahead and tweet about them and, and share them. We always appreciate your comments. We appreciate you being in the chat room. We appreciate uh, letters and emails and phone calls and meeting up in person You know, after the fact. They are available as podcasts. so keep that in mind. I've got tons of great guests coming up. Uh, I have mentioned before that uh, as of Monday – Some of the uh, schedule of of the everyday live show with uh, with my guests and myself is going to be suspended while we shoot our pilot, Woody's World. But uh, the guests coming up in the near future will be guests like Paul Provenza, Producer, director, actor, comedian John Rice. Rice will be back. Director, author of Think Outside the Box Office. Mitch a- Apley is an executive producer, editor, director. Dallas Jenkins recurrence. He's a director. Sarah Neen Bruce is a producer, director. Coming back. Brad Hatfield, an Emmy award-winning composer musician, will talk about scoring TVs and movies. Casting director Michael Sontag. Uh, returns Jason Brubaker is a producer. Eduardo Ballerini will be back. Nick Mancuso is coming back in some time. John Cowley's a visual effects supervisor, at *District 9* and for uh, *Twilight Eclipse*. Uva Bull will return. Uh, Sam Oster uh, and Peter Broderick is coming up at the end of May. He's a distribution guru. There's just so many people coming back. So stay tuned to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. Go to the archives at the Interviews blog and look at the guest list, or do it through. Uh, Uh, the iTunes store. But I want to go right back to uh, John. Uh, We were talking about maybe new areas of film financing for producers and uh, crowdsourcing. And I know that there's another topic you want to talk about, and I have an iPhone, so when we're done, we can maybe move into that uh, and apps for uh, uh, filmmakers on the iPhone. But let's start with film financing and, uh, and crowdsourcing or crowdfunding.
1: Uh, Getting right into it, uh, there are two, actually three of my fellow uh, filmmakers, uh, Gary King, David Braynen, Gregor Collins, uh, those two paired up on a project, and John Trigonis. Uh, These are three guys that did projects, two of them on Kickstarter and one of them on Indiegogo for fundraising. Uh, They set out a certain amount of days that they were to raise those funds. Uh, with Gary King, he did, uh, he's doing an independent film musical called uh, How Do You Write a Joe Sherman Love, Love Song? He raised $30,000, I believe, in 60 days. And it was going out and starting with his network, uh, all of his friends, fans, uh, and tweeted about it, put it out on Facebook. Uh, he added perks to the, to the fundraising process. Uh, whereby, if you donated a certain amount, you would get a DVD, your name mentioned in the credits. Uh, there was also little things like stuff that had a little bit of thought behind it for the people that were the most interested, which was like uh, if you donated a certain amount, they'd, they'd write a song for you and perform it for you and upload it as a as a video tributing to you uh, in your name. Uh, they did a very successful and great job, and $30,000 is quite a bit and quite an accomplishment to raise. Um, our other friends, David Branan and Gregor Collins, did this film, Goodbye Promise. Now, what they did was, at, unlike Gary, Gary was raising funds to shoot his film or a portion of the funds to shoot his movie. Uh, Gregor and David were looking to finish their film, and they were able to raise fifteen grand. Uh, in about 60 days, 90 to 60 to 90 days, um, in fact, the outpouring at the end, because I remember they were getting to the, maybe like the last six or seven days, and they were only at 50%. Uh, so they were only at around six dollars or $7,000, and they were trying to figure out, okay, in seven days, we've got to raise $1,000 a day. Well, in the last, I'd say in the last 36 hours, they actually raised over $4,000 to the line and did it and did it with hours to spare Um, it was a it's just it's it's great to see these things because what you're seeing are the beginnings of uh, what is possible this is really in its infancy Uh, John Tregona's did Cherise on Indiegogo and his was uh, a smaller budget was $5,000 but it's for short so if you're an independent filmmaker you've got let's say a feature or even a short feature or a short film that you want to do, it's possible to raise this fun these funds when going to your network, and it doesn't, and I want to say this, it doesn't really matter the size of your network it doesn't It doesn't matter that you have several thousand people that follow you on Twitter or hundreds. It's who do you reach out to that this this story appeals to. Uh, there was a guy on there, and I, I apologize I don't have his name in front of me. He did a documentary on uh, these guys who are like fighters, you know, there's there's uh, cage fighting and all that. I don't really follow that world. (laughs) But, uh, but he did a a story on a wrestler. Uh, One of these fighters uh, something along those lines. And what he did was he reached out to people that were fans of that world, as opposed to, you know, trying to tap into every, every one of his followers on Twitter, he went out to the people that would most likely actually see the film and got those groups involved. And he raised I think it was like $37,000 uh, in a very, very short time. But he wasn't anybody who was known he had just tapped into a certain subject matter and, and a genre that had a installed audience. And it was very smart. So I, I really believe that this is a viable option for a lot of filmmakers. And, and let me just say this: there's a guy that, that everybody should read, uh, who's interested in learning more about this. His name is Jeff Steele. Uh, he's a film finance expert. He has many, many, many years of experience. Some of some of his information for DIY filmmakers is going to be over your head. But there's a piece in the Uffing, the Huffington Post called independent Films, New Path to Financing. You can find this on filmclosings.com or you can go to Twitter, Film Closings. Uh, He talks about the tribe and the crowdfunding space, Biracy, Indiegogo, Investin, Kickstarter, Rocket Hub, Massify. And he talks about the different areas or approaches that you can use. And he lays out a case for about seven or eight of these, combination of funds, finishing funds, uh, sweet equity, things that things that you you know what he actually calls um, in his thing he said swag fatigue, you know that you get the cup or the t-shirt. It's like put some thought behind it. Get your get your groups involved by being creative in your financing methods and still uh, being. Remember, all of this is not an investment. This is a donation of sorts in exchange for. Uh, something that you feel that you can give away. So, if you're a filmmaker, you've got another film. Maybe you could, you know, roll your previous film into the new one, and vice versa. Uh, but this, all the information could be found there. But it's really exciting to see uh, people within our own community that I know personally uh, have these success stories. And it's not like they have a lot of money or are super popular among. Uh, a wide mass of people. It's just they're very uh, careful and deliberate about their approach. And, and there's blogs now that uh, the, the filmmakers behind Sharif have written about what I relearned uh, when when going and doing crowdfunding. And so you can, you can see, you know, look at their campaign and see how they did it, how it all evolved, and and see what worked and what didn't work. Uh, and that is something that I think every filmmaker that is looking to get financing right now for their film should be doing and researching as much as possible. Look at the projects on Kickstarter. Look at the projects on Indiegogo. See how they're presented. See how they're doing successful pitch videos. You know, you could you could do this with a webcam, in essence, if that's all you have, to get out there and start talking. Let people see you as a person. Uh, don't just give them a bunch of text to read, but actually... Show your excitement for your film. Talk about it. Come up with creative ways. Maybe even edit it. Uh, John Tregonis and Sharice's pitch video is pretty funny. He's got he's got a combination and a certain style of how he liked to do it. Uh, Gary's was more of a personal approach uh, where he talked about you know you know kind of one on one with you. Uh, David Brandon did his uh, with Goodbye Promise and he talked. You know, it wasn't anything fancy. It was shot on one of those portable handheld cameras, and he cut in different uh, pieces and clips and played the trailer of the film while he's talking in segments throughout that. It's just there's different approaches to do it, and you've got to figure out what works best for you. Um, So with that said...
0: fantastic. No, that's that's fantastic, and and let's, let's move that around. I mean, I'm going to let that stand because it was great... Great stuff and great resources. Well, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, the four-wall distribution programs. I mean, there are a lot of – you know, Firestarter Films, which I mention every show, did this – where they took it upon themselves to go out and rent venues because they said, you know, a lot of filmmakers can't afford to four-wall. And by four-wall, we mean renting all four-walls or renting the space. It used to be a lot of things, you know, the movie distributors would pick up your movie and put it in the theater for you, you know, and pay you a negative pickup deal and all this kind of stuff, and they took care of everything. There was what was called two-wall, where you went into kind of a partnership. You rented part of it, and they rented part of it. And then it became four-walling. I mean, and, and, and there's a lot of how, for example, Vegas entertainers now, they have to four wall the, the room that they're in. So that means they have to promote it and do the publicity and sell the tickets. And if they don't last very long, they they take a loss. So nowadays with movie making, there's four wall distribution programs and you've got uh, some information about new ones of those coming up. So could you share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, there's uh there's two programs right now. Uh, AMC just announced this past week uh, that they're starting this program called AMC independent. And, what, in essence, it is, if you Google AMC Independent, you'll come up to the, to the link uh, that'll, you know, in the top searches. But what they're doing, in essence, is they want to find these uh, smaller budgeted independent films of quality that they select and give you an option to play in up to 60 theaters in major cities across the country. The one thing that you will need is uh, a little bit of a budget for marketing. Uh, and we're not talking like tens of thousands of dollars, but some, some, some kind of plan uh, to get the word out about your film. To be able, I mean, we're talking at minimum, you need movie posters. You need to have uh, some kind of uh, way to get the message out and to corral individuals to come into the theater to see the movie uh i mean amc is obviously going to do its part as well but they can't uh you know be out there running television ads for your for your film so they got to figure out okay where is your audience for this movie and how are you going to get them into the theater and and what kind of press are you going to do in order to build around this release date uh this is all in its infancy but again it's it's kind of taking four walling and putting it at the forefront. And it doesn't cost ANC a lot of money or risk to do. But again, it's it's an opportunity to be able to say you played in AMC. plus, uh, I believe as part of the deal is that uh, your your box office gets reported. And that's a very important thing for independent film producers who are looking at the The sale of their movie because after the theatrical run, uh, you know there are DVDs and there's Netflix and there's iTunes, but these are these are small amounts of money in the bigger picture. And so why that's important with the box office numbers is that you would be able to take that and actually show a distributor uh, or a broadcast uh, buyer and say, well, we did you know per gross we did we did X amount per screening. We did three three thousand dollars per screening, on a on a no name film about this this and this, and that's hard tangible evidence that shows exactly what your numbers are. Um, the other program is a little bit smaller in scope, but it's a very prestigious uh, theater to play into, and that is the Quad Cinema in New York. Quad Cinema has been around since 1973. It has been the home. It was it was originally. The first fourplex in Manhattan. And uh, it has now become a legendary landmark where some of the greatest independent films of the world, both documentaries and narratives, have played. And Elliot Canbar is uh, the owner at the Quad. They are taking a look at films right now to do a one week theatrical run uh, in their theater. The cost is approximately between 10 and $13,000. Now, it sounds like a lot of money, but when you factor in that seven days, that's playing every single day, uh, in the theater, in one of the theaters. You also get the New York Times and the Village Voice ads, full page ads with your movie advertising. They have a network of over 7,000 people that are the most devoted independent film watchers, um, for, for Manhattan, that's a big deal, even though it sounds like a very small number, these are people that go to the movies. Anything that plays there, they see it within a week. Uh, the prestige of being play, playing in the quad uh, is probably akin to not just the excitement but uh, getting into one of the major film festivals: Toronto, Berlin, Sundance, uh, South by Southwest, you know, you could go on Con, uh, being selected to play there. Uh, but it's worth a shot if you think you got a movie that that uh can get some critical acclaim it's worth taking a shot and why not you at, least, at minimum what you risk is establishing a relationship uh for the future and there are all sorts of new companies that are in the works right now that are making deals where they have PA funds available and yet uh, they're doing like a seventy thirty box office split. Uh, the filmmaker, uh, of course, has to put up some materials, money for materials, posters, uh, getting Blu-rays, DVDs. I mean, a lot of a lot of the new theaters now are equipped to play Blu-ray and project in high definition uh, with the uh, the new technology that's available. There's just an adapter you can buy from a Blu-ray player do a digital projector now that that can encode the signal that comes through almost crystal clear um you know digi beta players have been around for a long time but uh, there's a lot of options these these are the two that right now have have gotten the biggest press and steam and i am i'm looking into it as well um i have to say that we the quad is uh, one that we got invited to do. Uh, if we can do it this summer, we will. Um, I was pleasantly surprised because after having our film, you know, uh, rejected, I guess you could say or people never getting back to us on on the distribution level, although I don't really hold that as your gatekeeper, uh, as far as validating your movie uh, goes to to have had the quad uh, call us up and say we wanted to to play One Hour Fantasy Girl in New York this summer um, is is a great opportunity and we're we're looking at options of how we can finance that. So, um, but those are those are two AMC Independent and the Quad are two just two examples of what's available out there and I'm sure there's more. If you, you Google four four wall uh, movies or theaters, you'll be you'll be Clicking on several different links, and I'm sure there's going to be more programs announced from, you know, people like Landmark and and so on and well, so Marcus, forth.
0: Marcus Marcus Cinema in the state of Wisconsin has has uh, agreed that with local filmmakers, if they if they provide the prints and what's necessary, that they will attempt to support them and get them a run. Feed the Fish, which was uh, made in Wisconsin. Uh, by Mike Madestorf, the director, producer, and writer. It also starred Tony Shaloub as one of the producers and a number of other people, Barry Corbin, and things. Um, uh, it debuted at the Wisconsin Film Festival in April on the 16th, but it got a week run in uh, in the theater there in, in Madison, Wisconsin, the state capital, with Marcus Cinema. So they they did do that, you know, or worked in that in that fashion with those filmmakers. I think a, important things that you point out is is the fact that regardless. You know, or or the point is is that um, this is a film business. It's show business. It's not show art, and it's not show uh, wishes. And so, if something costs, it costs. And and filmmakers need to be prepared to know that that uh, distributors are interested in making money, and film and, and and exhibitors are interested in making money. And so, the more that you can do to work with uh, outlets or providers to get your film seen. Uh, the the better you are, and it will take some cash, and it will take some sweat, and it will take some planning, and it will take all those things. The other thing I, I think that's really important for filmmakers now is to be able to not only make their movie, but make the movie that people want to see and want to release, and oftentimes what that requires is for you to be able to tell people how to market it, because most people don't know how to market it. They don't. I think there are some people out there and some companies that think Outside of the box and go, oh, this is cool, and here's what we could do with it. And others are so conventional when it comes to their own thinking that unless you, you know, spell it out specifically for them with with dotting the i's and crossing the t's exactly how this can work, they they don't they don't take that into account. They just kind of stop at the first stopping place. So, I think filmmakers have a lot of work to do, to uh, to ensure the success of their projects. Um and that's just my opinion but uh, I wanted to ask you two more questions we've got about 10 minutes and uh, so we may not be able to get to all of it but if you could give a couple minutes about um uh, working uh with brands as you did for example with Absolute um you know how do how do people um market their films with brands and, and it, I, we'll have you back John and we can talk more in depth about these things but uh, maybe you can do some uh, quick uh comments on that, and then into the iPhone apps. I have an iPhone. I have many movie applications on my iPhone, and I want to hear what's out there, uh, what I use, and what I use more frequently than others, so we can talk to the audience about the iPhone apps in just just a couple minutes from now.
1: Okay. Um, real quickly about the brands. <clears throat> what is going to make the most sense for you to do as a, as a producer or a director is to really take a look at and I touched on this before, but it really is true. This isn't finding your audience, it's also finding your brand. Uh, your film product is one thing, but all the essential elements of the themes, the ideas, the characters, who they are. Is it a single parent mother? Uh, is it is it a child that is uh, suffering from a disease? These don't have to necessarily be addressed in social issues that are overt or uh, explicitly expressed, but really look at all the elements of your movie. Everything that a person identifies with who those characters are, what is what is their everyday life like? This is how television gets ad sponsors. It's very simple. It's who are, who is the audience going to be watching this episode? And what are the products that are going to appeal to them? So what I would strongly recommend And what will make you a far more uh, innovative producer and marketer of your movie is to look at all of those things, put them down on paper, test those ideas, have some people, get some people who are those people, and have them see your movie. And if four out of five respond in a very positive way, you are on to something. You should take that and then go to not the big names, but start local. Start with local businesses and start with, if you want, let's say for example, there's a national organization that you wanna get behind your product or your film. Let's just talk about it as a product for a second. Find out if they've got a local chapter, somebody that you can go meet with, talk to -to face-to-face, pick up the phone and call. These are the important relationships to be making because you don't know what can happen as a result of that. Uh, I would look into if you're living out in Los Angeles and you're an independent filmmaker or you're living in a big city, think about your hometown. Think about the resources that they have there and the vested interest. This is like you graduating from a college, becoming an alma mater, and years later returning uh, with the prestige and the donations and uh, you having become a success, a success story in their eyes not necessarily in yours, where you want to be the superstar or you want to be this, this uh, well known and, and big producer, but to them, you're a filmmaker. And that's a unique and interesting thing. So I would just start with that, and, and launch it from there, and bring in people that have a connect with the feeling of that movie. And that includes the brand as well. The brand, all it is, is going to be a a qualifier for your movie to a larger audience. And why I said that is, it lends credibility because again, you don't have built in values to your film. You may not have the big names in your movie. You may not have Fox Searchlight or Warner Brothers distributing your film, which instantly give your film credibility and attention. So what do you need to do is need to partner up with people that are known quantities to other groups of people that say, We're getting behind this because this is something that we believe in, or we even think we can make money off of it or possibly expand our reach. And that's one of the things that I'm doing, plugging into the iPhone app. One of the things that I'm doing is I actually did this, and I'm practicing what I preach. I went back to Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, We talked last time about the screenings I did there, the Coalition for the Homeless, the United Way. Well, Uh as as a result of this, there was another group that I hadn't thought of, But uh, the director over at the coalition in Louisville, Kentucky gave me the number to the Home of the Innocents. And the Home of the Innocents is specific to helping young kids, children, who come from very, very bad backgrounds, uh, runaways. They've been around in existence for 130 years in Kentucky. And they've been expanding and growing their facilities for several years. Long story short is we're now in the discussion where we're developing an iPhone app that is going to be the first of its kind where it combines social issue films or films that have a social issue. Now, that could be a, document, a documentary, which we're talking with one producer right now about uh, their documentary on African AIDS. And our film, One Hour Fantasy Girl, which is a narrative feature film about the idea of a girl who's 20 years old, uh, working in her first month, as a fantasy girl, but she does any fantasy a guy wants, as long as there's no sex, nudity, or kissing. Okay. So, how do those two things relate? Well, her background and her story she's a runaway. She came from an abusive uh, home. She had an alcoholic mother and uh, a sexually abusive uh, boyfriend, father uh, figure. And there's other themes within that, but it's the reality of that world. And so, it speaks to a larger audience, but it still is addressing these issues. So, what we're going to do is we're going to take an iPhone app, and the company I'm going to I'm going to plug them, but I'm going to plug them for a good reason. Uh, Mark over at Stonehenge Productions is an fantastic person, and they are uh, they were recently mentioned two months ago in the Wall Street Journal. He's now uh, doing iPhone apps left and right for movies. Uh, they're also doing iPad apps, and. Uh, this guy has created, he's now partnered up with the First Glance Film Festival, Fans of Film. He's doing iPhone apps for companies that have a host of, of, of movies. But let me just break it down really quickly. What we're going to okay, do we is... have
0: four minutes left, so...
1: Just real quick, what a filmmaker can do is basically your website that you have for your movie and all the press links and all the media, the trailer, everything that you can think of, even a press kit, can be stored inside that app. And when you go to purchase the movie, you can connect with friends on Twitter, on Facebook, and now there's another product called Mismo, which actually tweets out uh, and shares like Foursquare, the kind of movies that you're watching. But needless to say, this integration with social media is a viral, is a viral nature that I have not seen in anything else that's being developed. And the possibilities of what you could do are endless. One of the the films that we're going to take on with this iPhone app that we're creating is one that actually addresses members of Congress, and they have a link where you can go and tell and write to your member of Congress, and you can create an auto-generated email that you can self-edit, add your name to it, but it could be be done in a way that with a touch of a button, you're sending out and telling all your friends about it on Twitter, on Facebook, or via email. You can text. There's going to be charities that we're going to sign up where you don't even have to buy the movie uh, knowing that a portion of it is going to go to the charity. You're actually going to be able to directly contribute to that charity your time, uh, your money, Uh, just just giving a a shout-out to them and a link on your Facebook page or your wall on your Twitter feed. Um, These are just some of the things. And the reason why I say is go with Mac-certified iPhone app developers. Uh, Market Stonehenge is one of them they give you the best opportunity to get approved by mac Uh and so it's really important instead of necessarily going if you're not you don't have the money to go through a distributor or you don't want to give up all your rights here is one way that you can get your film seen by people through itunes but by going through an iphone app as opposed to trying to submit your film through a content aggregator and giving up all your rights plus a percentage of the sales off of itunes you can actually go this route the itunes people are going to take about thirty percent that's seventy percent that's left over an iphone uh, app developer is going to take anywhere between five and ten percent of that and you're going to get the rest
0: wow very cool very cool so john before we go we have probably a minute left or so please give out your website for one hour fantasy girl And then you're also involved in making other movies. Do you have other websites that you want to share? And thanks so much for all this information and, you know, any links you want to provide, uh, go ahead and do so right now.
1: Hey, uh, onehourfantasygirlmovie.com. You can learn all about. You can see the trailer, preview of the first 15 minutes. Uh, We've got several different formats that you can see the movie on, uh, even rent. Uh, You can uh, check out the Facebook fan page. Uh, for our second film which is in post productions facebook.com forward slash the magic stone and up there you can read about us in uh, gordon the whale bloody disgusting gave us a nice shout out uh there's also a clip and an audition video up there from one of the actors and we're soon to have a uh, a trailer uh coming soon and then we'll also have the website uh very soon and then the lastly the last project but it's doesn't have any uh, place to go is we're going to do one of two films we're going to do either the boy who couldn't say no this fall if we can get the money which is about a half a million dollar budget uh, if not we're going to do this other project called mother's red dress which is an unusual love story and i will leave it at that
0: <laughs> well very cool more power to you thanks so much for being here. I encourage everyone to go back and listen to John's first interview with us. You're going to come back, John, I can tell. We're going to set this up for later uh, summer or something when when, uh, when when we can get you back on. And uh, I appreciate you so much. You're a great source and a great resource for people to to uh, listen to and to uh, to connect with. So thank you very much. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Best of luck with all the projects and especially the upcoming Film Courage event and and partnering up with charities and and make it all happen. I, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you, Rex. It was a great time.
0: All right. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you. And thanks to all of my listeners for tuning in. Keep in mind, I've got lots of great guests coming up. We'll be producing Woody's World for Ronald Coleman. He's the director, he's the author, he's also a producer of the, of the television pilot, the first ever live action animated motion capture TV situation comedy, uh, Woody's World. You can find out more about it on movieset.com forward slash Woody's World. I'll be busy with that production next week. I go to New York. I may be doing some broadcasts from New York, but I've got a very hectic schedule. If uh, during that time you're missing uh, greatly these live interviews, I suggest you go back and listen to all of the archived interviews either on the website, reccyx.com, or from the iTunes store. But uh, know that we'll continue uh, providing you with great guests and great inside information like the kind that John Paul Rice has done today, and uh, so stay tuned and i thank you for uh, being here uh, you can become a member of the rex sykes movie beat facebook group by clicking on that group link at my profile page or the friends page you can search for uh you can join wisconsin film jobs keep wisconsin film friendly if you're a wisconsin resident or a filmmaker all right everybody have a fabulous day thanks for being here make your movies complete your projects and until we uh, that is a wrap